Welcome to Mission in Action, the audio experience for Newground, a Muslim-Jewish partnership for change. We are a nonprofit with a vision of an American society where Muslims and Jews are empowered to create lasting partnerships and engage in authentic communication and mutual cooperation. On this podcast, you'll find a mix of our keynotes, workshops, interviews, speeches, and other audio from events led by our team. This week's episode is from Newground's 2012 Spotlight Storytelling event. Our speaker is Esther Kostanowicz, and her story is entitled, What Home Can Be. We hope you enjoy. Thank you, everybody. By the way, if people don't know, because in LA, a lot of people don't know this, but bipedal locomotion is walking. (laughs) And walking is something that LA people don't do a lot of, but since I moved here from New York, um, that is something that I still do. Um, so speaking of my move here from New York, I, I moved here four years ago. Um, and you know, I, it's, been a, it's been a real challenge for me to really kind of identify what home is. Um, I lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Anyone? Upper West Side? Um, for a very long time. Um, and among my, I was there for, let's say, uh, a really long time. Uh, let's just say it was a long time. Um, and I wanted to tell you a story about what happened to me in 2003, and then kind of mix in some pop culture, and then kind of like transition to where we are today. So I hope that's okay. Cool with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that there's audience participation. It makes me feel like you guys are still awake. Um, so anyway, so um, in 2003, in August, um, uh, I I I was a freelancer. Uh, I did a lot of walking around the city, um, and mostly I worked from home, so there was really no reason for me to be in Midtown except that I had a meeting. Um, so I went to Midtown, and I and I finished the meeting. Everything was great. I got back onto the subway, and if any of you've been on the subway, you know how like, the subway always arrives like just as you're coming through the turnstile, you have to like run in order to make the train. So I ran, and I by some miracle made the train. And just like as the doors closed, I was I was inside. And I like it was catching my breath and sitting down. We got the train started at at, um, at 15th Street, and then somewhere between 50th and 59th Street, this, the train came to a halt. And this happens from time to time with the New York City subway, so it's not really a big deal. Um, but then the, the announcer came on and said, "We're having some trouble with the power in the subway, so um, we may have some blackouts." I'm like, oh, "Okay, well I'm glad they told us." And so then the, the lights in the car went out. Well, it looks a little frightening to people around when this happens, but you know, whatever, the, the announcer was on it, so we were all cool. And then they told us that it wasn't just our train, it was the whole subway system. A little more unnerving, you know, that the entire subway system has a power outage. And then what we, just, what we learned eventually um, was that there was a huge blackout on the East Coast. I don't know if anybody remembers that because... Yeah. Yeah. East Coast blackout, anyone? Well, I can tell you that for a lot of people above ground, it became a party time. Um, people, you know, the bars started giving away all their food, and restaurants were just like, here, take it, it's going to go bad. Um, but there were those of us who were trapped underground, and basically, like, crying, and just all we wanted to do was go home. And we didn't have any idea what was going on above ground, so that was really the hard part. Um, this is a very long story that I'm cutting short. Um, there are a lot of details I can tell you about what it's like to be underground, um, to try to escape through it, the front of a train, to climb down onto the tracks, and to walk for like nine blocks underground with rats running over your feet. But I will totally skip that right now, um, and just tell you that when I came up above ground, 
I was covered in subway schmutz, for lack of a better term. The grease that's along the sides of the subway tunnel, you don't even want to know what it's made of. And I like, basically emerged crying, because I was so traumatized. And like everybody on the street is going, and so then I was like, I was like, I am completely traumatized, and all I want to do is go home. The problem is that you know I lived on the Upper West Side. I had a house, I had an apartment that was really, really small. Like the stage was bigger than my apartment, and and it wasn't really an opportunity to call it home. Like it was a place I lived. So then what did I mean when I wanted to go home? I wanted to go back to my parents' house in New Jersey, um, which which was like a very irrational thing to want to go home to New Jersey. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But I, I settled for the closest thing, which was my brother, who was eight blocks away, and so I, I went to his house. But in thinking about tonight's theme in terms of home, um, I realized that many of us are in a transitional space. Some of us have been lucky enough to find partners that we go through life with and who are, are able to help us craft homes. But I've been single for a very long time, so the places that I've lived have been kind of interim home-like spaces that I've managed to make more homey, um, but aren't necessarily home. So, I'm going to shift gears a little bit to the pop culture angle. So, um, how, many here, how many of you guys know the film The Wizard of Oz? Anyone? Yeah. Right. So, it's like, it's like a, a pretty famous film, I would say. Um, and I was obsessed with it as a kid. And everybody knows the, the final line of the film is, O-N-E-M, there's no place like home, right? But what we all conveniently forget is right before that, Dorothy is asked what she's learned from her experience in Oz. This magical, technicolor place with all these things that she had come to contact with that she had never, ever dreamed of. And what she says is, and I'm not going to really channel Judy Garland here, but I'll try. <laughs> uh, so they say, Dorothy, what have you learned? And she says, well, I guess if, if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I'll never look any further than my own backyard. Because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with. Is that right? And then they say, that's all it is. Now, <laughs> I was obsessed with this movie. I, I recited it from memory many, many times. It never ever landed that this was an argument for a stay close to home and don't experience anything new because it's just going to be scary and it's not where you're supposed to be, just be at home. Um, but I, I feel like in, in some ways we are focused on the, there's no place like home as like the nice takeaway. But the, tra the, the transition there is a little bit is a little bit unnerving because it says basically that you should choose the known over the unknown. You should choose the black and white over the technicolor. And you should stay local. Don't really stretch too far. <laughs> this isn't something, I grew up in New Jersey. I live in Los Angeles. So clearly there's a little bit of a disconnect in, in terms of staying in your own backyard. So I started thinking about other, other cliches um, of home and whether they've resonated. And I'll just name a couple of them. You guys can talk about them during the uh, intermission or whatever. But there's, you can't go home again, right? Which is very negative, but I like to think I can always go home, but home is different depending on who you are and what your experiences are. Um, I have a friend, Dilsha, who said, um, you can always go home, and she can always go home by making a cup of English tea, because that's her father's chai. So she feels like when she drinks that, that she's instantly transported home. So I thought that was really sweet. Um, I also thought about um, wherever you go, there you are, which is ultimately very unhelpful. So, yeah, so you're, like, you're like, wherever you go, there you are. Well, of course, that's literally true. Like, if I go here, 
here I am. Um, but it also means that you take yourself with you wherever you go, which I think is a really interesting awareness to have as you're journeying in any direction toward any home. Um, also, that it's the journey, not the destination. You've heard that before. Um, I like to think it's sometimes about the destination. I've spent a long time in airports waiting for a plane that was never going to come and take me to where I was supposed to go. So I, I really do believe that sometimes it is the destination. But I have to say that, um, like I said before, my homes have always been kind of homes in waiting, interim homes. And I still hope as a single person to find someone to build a home and a life with um, and to share my heart with. Because I think one of the other phrases that has always resonated is home is where your heart is, right? So your heart, thank God, is, a, is, a, is an organ that has great capacity symbolically. So like you can give your heart to other people and still keep it to yourself, still have it for yourself, that it still beats and motivates you. And until I find somebody to share my heart with, I'm going to be carrying it with me. Hopefully it will, it will be beating for a long time. Um, and it'll be eager, passionate, and open to the possibility of finding a new home. Um, so, you know, I, I, one of the things that I, always, that I always try to think about and has always resonated with me throughout the, the Wizard of Oz obsession years and beyond is to click the heels of your uh, ruby slippers or, in my case, your aerosol pumps or whatever these things are, um, which are not ruby, they're more heavy, but that's okay. Um, so to click the heels of your, of your slippers and say there's, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. But to be open as to what home can and should be. Thank you. Hi, I'm Aziza Hassan, the Executive Director of Newground, a Muslim Jewish Partnership for Change. Thank you for sharing your time with us today and for listening to this episode of our podcast. At Newground, we believe that conflict is natural and inevitable, yet not intractable, no matter the history. Being stuck is a choice. That's why we build relationships between Muslims and Jews so that they can transform their communities through lasting partnerships. If you'd like to learn more about our mission or support this podcast and Newground's work, please visit mjnewground.org. That's M for Muslim, J for Jew, newground.org. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you.